get your head outside of the wedding world, like go look at other media and, and find a style that you truly love. Welcome to Escaping the Ordinary Podcast. If you are ready to be the best version of yourself and level up your life, stay tuned as we interview special guests who will bring you all of the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we are going to show you how with your host, Ryan T. So I want to welcome Grace and Andrew from Bottle Brush Films. They're live with me right now. And I just want to say hi, guys. And I'm looking forward to this chat. Hey. <laughs> How you doing? So we. Yeah, let's do it. So you guys, are you guys actually in Melbourne? We are. We're in stage four glory. Yes. Is this second stage four or this is rolling over from the first one? I think it's, is it the first? Isn't this it? is the first. first yeah, we've been four. stage three. And then, yeah, shit went pear-shaped and now, we're <laughs> now we are where now we are. Now we're here. <laughs> so stage four, can you actually leave home? We're allowed to leave one person per household to get groceries, one hour of exercise per person per day, and that's pretty much it. When they first announced it, they said only post office, banks, hospitals, all that sort of shit. Oh, and bottle shops. We're allowed to stay open. We can still take those. <laughs> Mandatory, <laughs> eh? Yeah, yeah. We can still order wine, so we're all good. Sick. So, <laughs> it's so good. Up in Queensland, we obviously, I mean, we spoke earlier, but we haven't been through the restrictions like that. So, like, what about the grocery stores? Are they quite, like, empty? Are people just, like, backloading groceries and stuff? I think it's become like the new pub. Everyone's there, man. Everyone wants to be seen. You know? Everyone just wants to go outside once. So they're like, time to go to the supermarket for the fifth time. Yeah, so I, go, I go grocery shopping every day now. Yeah, catch up, catch up with my mates at the grocery shop, right? Like I normally walk the aisles and see if I can see anyone I know. Yeah. <laughs> so how's it all been since you guys have been in lockdown? I know, I mean, you're always out shooting and stuff. So how's business now that you're always, or you've been in lockdown for so long? It hasn't been too bad. It's, We've had like lots of postponements like everyone else. I think we're up to 11 of our next 13 weddings since coronavirus has hit have now been postponed. But it's given Grace a chance to catch up on her backlog. Yeah, it's not all been bad. Like I feel like it's given us a bit of time to like kind of pause and figure out what we want to do with our business, which usually we're so busy we don't really take the time. So it's kind of been some positives as well. Mm, it's interesting. So can I ask then, I know obviously photographers and videographers listening will be interested to see how you're handling, let's say you've got a wedding coming up in October in Sydney or something and they're looking at rescheduling. How are you handling all of that? Like what are you offering? I mean, we're just offering a shoulder to cry on first and foremost. Like it sucks so much for them. Yes, it's difficult for us, but I think it all comes down to putting the client first. I know that's not an easy thing to do when you're worried about can I pay my mortgage or can I feed my kids, but we've found that by putting our couples first that they're really looked after us. We've had people volunteering, extra payments. Even the people who postponed, some of them have still offered to pay as, as per the original date and we've had people offering to put their reschedules on weekdays and all sorts of things. And Yeah, I think that's the way to go it's always you know easier said than done but it's definitely if you can do it that way i'd highly suggest highly recommend it and then staying on that andrew and grace like have you had any couples that have had you booked and you're unable to facilitate like say a new date that they want like say if it was a saturday or something no and we're in a fortunate position at the moment that we've sort of scaled back a lot we've raised our prices and reduced the number of bookings we're taking so we're only doing 15 a season 
Yeah, we'd, we'd kind of had that implemented before COVID hit anyway. So timing-wise, it wasn't too bad for us, like compared to I think a lot of other businesses, yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's just been a really great um, byproduct of that, that we've been able to find new dates really easily. So jumping into why you guys scaled back, obviously there's a lot of creatives trying to scale up even when they are so busy. Is it due to like your post-processing because you have this style, which will, you know, I'm definitely keen to jump into that looks like it definitely takes a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the catalyst for you guys to start scaling back? Oh, basically me. I was, yeah, basically what you said, like the post-production was becoming because it takes so long for me to kind of churn out each edit because we do cut in quite a unique style that we basically just want to scale it back so that I could start kind of working outside of weddings as well. Like I do love weddings, but I kind of want to explore some freelance work with other media. So we're kind of looking to scale back up our prices and then do other work. Yeah, we want to keep passionate about weddings and the way to do that is to challenge ourselves outside of the wedding world as well to get our work-life balance in check because I'm sure I don't have to tell anyone listening that that's not always easy when you work for yourself in, <laughs> in, in wedding world. Yeah. And I feel like that's the last piece of the puzzle for us. You know, we're charging good money, we're creatively fulfilled, but we've just got to nail the work-life balance next. Yeah, like I'm only just finishing my backlog now from last season. Like it's been crazy. So you're, you're kind of glad you've got this time, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'm one of the few people who I'm like, how good's this whole COVID situation? <laughs> hey, no, not really. <laughs> no, but like silver linings, you can always find one, I think. So then can I jump right back to, I mean, the bottle brush we see today with you two as a couple, are you guys married? No, we're not. Not even engaged. <laughs> I'm, right hey. I'm not really into marriage. I'm not opposed to it, but it's, I think we do it so much. Like we film weddings so often that it's just become like a, oh, well, whatever, man. Like we just do it when we want to do it. It's so funny. Hey, I mean, me and my partner aren't married and every time I turn up to oh, a wedding, right. the bride's like, oh, you and your wife, like, what do you guys think? <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm not married. And they kind of look at me shocked and I'm like, if you guys stop booking a Saturday, I'd probably get married. Yeah. You know, and they're just like, they're yeah, like, yeah. I get it. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that. 100%. Sometimes someone say, like calls us married or calls me like what, refers to me as like Andrew's wife or something and it throws me. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it comes yeah. with age though. Hey, as you get older, they just like expect it. Yeah, 100%. Hey, um, the question was, so Bottle Brush, how did it kind of form? Where did that come from? You can take this yeah, one, I started, a little story. We met in film school and when I was in film school, I just wanted to stop making coffees. I wanted to do anything but make coffee. <laughs> so I convinced a mate of ours who's still in Wedding World himself to get me a job at a studio he was shooting out in Melbourne and this is a place that does, you know, 300 wedding videos a year. So it's a great place to learn and cut your teeth. He got me a gig there and I was the second shooter with them for a year, which was awesome because I was shooting, you know, twice a weekend, every weekend. Mm. And eventually I told this guy that I wanted to be his best shooter and uh, it sort of didn't pan out the way that I thought it might. And we ended up, I ended up just spending a, a small inheritance that I'd gotten from like a great uncle or some, someone on a um, 5D Mark III and a 24 to 70. And I was like, I'm a filmmaker. Yeah, man, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I was just shooting mates' weddings for fun because I wanted to prove myself to this guy. And Grace was like, oh, what are you going to do with that footage? And I was like, oh, right. And so you, you guys were in film school then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we met in film school. I think it was like 2011. Yeah. I was I was straight out of high school and Andrew was not. Andrew was the age I am now, 27. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was rawr. the creepy, creepy mature age student. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> you're, like, you're the cougar, mate. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, okay, so you started shooting these weddings. 
free and kind of like learning and growing. And then Grace, obviously both you guys are still studying. So how did Bottle Brush form? Like where did that concept come from? How did you form parties to become one? I'd love to learn. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to be able to claim that it was through forward planning and a deliberate thing, but it kind of just happened by accident in the end. Like I stopped working for this guy because he wouldn't let me be a first shooter. And after my mates, you know, liked what Grace produced, obviously, they sort of started asking us to shoot their other friends' weddings and friends of those people. And yeah. it sort of just happened by accident. It's a bit of a rolling stone. Like, I think it's a lot of people's stories, though, in photography and film, especially with weddings. Like, it's always like, oh, I just shot a friend's wedding and then I started getting booked. Like, it just, you know. Mm. Yeah. And then I remember the moment we sort of sort of started taking it seriously. Grace is like, well, what are you actually going to want to do with this? I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's make a business. And she drew a, um, a logo of a bottle brush and we made a Facebook page. And it was real shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. It looked like a toilet with- brush. <laughs> <laughs> but we've always had other gigs on the side. Like um, I've worked in TV. Grace's worked for an ad agency. Yeah. I think we took the plunge to full time when we realized we had enough bookings for me to quit my job. I was working mm-hmm. in an advertising agency at the time as a junior editor, cutting TDCs and stuff together which was awesome, but I was so desperate to like be my own boss. I think that's the key. Like you got to have a drive to want to be your own boss and take the kind of leap into starting your own business. Mm, And so when did you guys decide to turn it into a full-time job where you had no other second income coming through? Uh, We'd just gotten home from my brother's wedding in Thailand. I think that was one of the first overseas weddings we ever did as well. And I said to Grace, hey, we've got enough because I was freelancing at the time. And what year was that? Twenty. I think that was. 15? Yeah, I think it's twenty fourteen. Yeah, twenty fourteen or fifteen or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, so, yeah. fast forward what five, six years, yeah. what we see today, how much has your style developed and changed? Oh, <laughs> so much, <laughs> a huge amount. We even watched weddings from about three years ago, and when we thought we were the shish, and now it's like, oh man, we were we've changed a lot. Like, yeah. Definitely the slow burn. <laughs> and hopefully in three years from now, we feel the same way yeah. when we look back at what we're doing now. <laughs> what do you guys think it is that makes that change? Is it for you guys, was it like a direct call to action? Like I want to change my style. What do you think is that catalyst for the change? For me with the cinematography side of things, it's just play. Like I'm always experimenting, always looking at other things like, oh, I want to try this or I want to try that or I want to shoot an entire wedding on a certain lens that I've never used before or I want to learn how to control light and set up like a music video or a short film would. It's just play. It's experimenting. It's not like trying to copy anything. It's just like having some fun, getting creative. And then Grace, are you shooting as well as alongside Andrew during the wedding or are you doing only the post-processing? Uh, yeah, only the post. I've shot a second shoot with him on all the international weddings because <laughs> I have to go. But no, I don't, I'm not really into shooting. I don't mind it. Like I'm happy to second mm-hmm. shoot occasionally, but I really love storytelling and post-production. That's, that's what I love doing for sure. And then Grace, do you find the same thing with the way the styles develop? Do you find it's just like the play that you do with post-processing? Yeah, definitely. I don't think there's anything super conscious. I think it's just mm. all part of like over the years, like, I don't think you can really find your style within like a year, like especially, I'm not sure if age is a factor here, but I felt like when I started kind of getting into media, I was 18. And now that I'm like 27, I had you change as you kind of grow older, especially from 18 to late 20s. So it took a while to find my style, but 
yeah, I think it's just like uh, experimenting a fair bit in post-production and, and kind of sticking to a style you like as well. Like I really like just doing unique things and making our films one of a kind because like I kind of just think every couple should be one of a kind. So, Well, they are, yeah. They are. So that's just kind of what might drives me. I'm like, well, how can I make this more them and more unique? And so staying on your style, it is one of a kind. I mean, it's, it's something that I'm sure you guys know that stands out in the industry. A lot of people talk about your brand and what you guys deliver. Do you find that because you guys are open to, I guess, trying new things, you've developed something kind of unique where couples can't get anywhere else? Yeah, I hope so. That, that's kind of the goal, I think. That tends to be what they tell us when they email us. Yeah, I think the best emails we get are people when they're just like, you know, we, we watch all of your films and some of the couples are nothing like us, but we connect to all of them because you kind of nailed their style. I'm like, good, that's totally our goal. <laughs> Mm, and then, so obviously with the style that we see today, are you attracting a different type of couple than you were, say, three years ago or five years ago even? I don't know. I think the common theme with the sort of couples that we've attracted hasn't necessarily been like black tie or boho or hippie or super creative or anything like that. It's just people, I think the common thread for me is people that are comfortable with who they are because mm-hmm. I think you know, people that want to be seen a certain way or have a certain image of themselves probably don't love our style because we just show people warts and all. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's mm. it's not necessarily like a style or anything. It's just personality traits, people that really love good stories and are happy to be shown for who they are, warts and all. Yeah, I think we attract creative couples too. They're like, I think people who watch our films, I hope that they're kind of seeing that they stand out and if they can't even put their finger on why, they still, you know, are interested in having more of a creative video, I guess. Mm, it's interesting because looking at your branding, I'm sure now the, the people listening out there are probably jumping on your website and they see this unique branding <laughs> that you guys have done. And it's, yeah, it is very that you either like it or you don't. And there's no in between. There's no comparison on Google. You either make sense of it and you don't, or you question it and look further, which I find really, really interesting. And I've also had couples message me and explain about you guys and said that you guys were booked out. So we're not getting married until they're available. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man, that's, that's amazing. Like, I love that. But I, I want to stay on your style. Do you, like your storytelling seems to be something really unique as well. The way you guys do your post-processing and how you put together your, your film with the audio. And I remember it was a long time ago and I seen a, really funny video and it was awesome and it was like the speech and it kind of cut and it kind of all made sense. Do you guys do anything in particular before the wedding day where you can kind of like dictate or do you ask questions prior that kind of help you along the lines of storytelling? No, not really, man. I hate to disappoint, but there's no sort of magic tricks. I think it's just the depth to which Grace, you know, goes and digs deep. I think one of our favorite things to do pre-wedding is catching up with a couple yeah, that definitely helps. Like, Yeah, I think that's mainly just for our own fun, but I think, yeah, I don't do any editing, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of forward planning usually. It's just getting to know the couple before the wedding, so they kind of, I think the big thing is just making sure they trust me to do whatever I want with their film. Like I don't, mm. I don't want them, obviously, we don't let them pick the music and stuff. We let them have a say. Like we kind of send out a form asking what music they love and hate, and that kind of gives you a cool vibe of, you know, what they like too, but. I think it's good having couples who are just happy to let you kind of let loose and do what you want with their film. Yeah, I think that's uh, 
that's the goal for any creative really out there where you can have that outlet, right? Like creativity doesn't come from constraints. I don't believe, or when you're getting directed to, to go in some certain direction. Andrew, I want to stay on the way you handle a wedding because I know a lot of videographers, cinematographers out there listening and I've obviously shot alongside a lot of them and a lot say that their content they get from a wedding directly reflects how good the photographer was because a lot of videographers don't direct and you know, if they're working alongside a photographer who has a totally different vibe or has kind of made an awkward situation or not kind of creating the atmosphere where couples are comfortable, yeah. you know, that they feel as though their video is hindered in that. So I want to know, do you direct at a wedding much? Usually, like 90% of the time I'd say no. And I had a few formative experiences working with photographers early days that sort of led me to that style of work. It's something that I'm working on more and more is getting better at directing couples. And I've actually shot a few weddings where it's just me and no photographer. So um, that's kind of forced me to get outside of that comfort zone a little bit. But I think my approach, if I had to sum it up, would be just to augment the good vibes. Like if the photographers have got it under control and they're doing great, then I want to like just make things even better, like not get in their way and not like make the couple my mannequins or anything, just tell a few shit jokes and get the little <laughs> in-between moments that I need. You know what I mean? Yeah, your, your style, Grace and Andrew, has this kind of raw element, but it's kind of like, yeah, it is definitely raw. I mean, you guys aren't scared to show the reality of human beings and personalities, which I absolutely love. I think there needs to be more of it in this industry. <laughs> we all go through our learning curves and so many direct weddings in a way that's not the couple. And it, I find it very difficult to even communicate that or tell couples that aren't romantics to become romantics all of a sudden <laughs> in 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Like if that was me as a groom, I'd be out of there. I'd be yeah. done. And everybody shows their love in different ways. Mm. You know? There's no one cliche, you know, one size fits all. And I think that's where people take a misstep is if you try and make a certain couple who you, you might not be sort of super PDA, then you try and get them to, you know, be that way. Then you just, working against yourself yeah I think it's good to be conscious of not like forcing a style onto a couple I think that's maybe what sets us apart a little bit like as an editor if there's like a really great song you've been dying to use there's no point using it on just the next couple because you want to that's kind of like pushing your brand onto someone it's kind of the wrong place to do it in a wedding I think so I think you just got to be conscious of what actually fits them like maybe we do do more party films but when we get really romantic kind of black tie couples we use more of like an acoustic or cinematic track but which isn't my favorite but it's going to be epic because it'll suit them more yeah that's amazing great service so you guys said something interesting before you said you catch up with your your couples is this all the time i know you do a lot of international and interstate work as well though yeah we try to it's one of our favorite bits of the the piece. If it is interstate and international, it's always Skype and a few drinks. Like we keep it pretty casual. But yeah, that's that's so much fun. And how, you know, I'm not the editor, but it gets them comfortable with me on the day, which is everything. Like you can't get good footage if you don't have a good atmosphere and a good vibe. It is such a bit. I don't mean, I don't want to jump in there, but there's that many times that I've turned up to weddings. And I mean, we're all busy. We all handle business differently, but the videographer kind of walks in, shakes hands, asks me who the groom is. Aww. I kind of punk him and say it's the best man. And then he comes <laughs> in and he's like, hey, John, how you doing? Like, you excited? And I'm just like. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> but like all deep down inside, 
it's not a place I think where you, you, you should be just meeting each other and shaking hands if you've got the opportunity to say hello. And I don't know, there's sometimes that reception when I'm like, you know, we'll duck out for some photos or something. And the videographer's like, you coming? Because I don't really want to, um, I don't feel comfortable with them. And I'm just like, man, this is a what? wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I kind of feel as though that, you know, I'm carrying someone that I've kind of got to make feel comfortable with someone else that he could have just given a call or she could have given them a call before the wedding. Oh, That's hectic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny when I do punk him though. I do it every time. <laughs> I love that. Like- <laughs> I mean, yeah, and that's not to say like the place where I started would have been exactly like that, yeah. doing 300 weddings a year. And some people want to do business that way and that's fine. But for us, our business model is 15 weddings a year, premium price. We want to give them a great, great service and a great experience. Like I always say to our couples, I say this a lot, like, that it's no more important than I get you a good film than it is you have a great time on the day. And so that's sort of the mantra that I live by on the day. Like if I my footage has to be 10% off what perfection is for them to have an awesome time, then I'll do that. And can we jump into pricing? So when you first started, you were saying you you shot for free pretty much for friends' weddings? Yeah, I think we shot like three or four weddings basically for like peanuts. <laughs> yeah, we did our first three to launch our website at 1700 a pop. Well, that's 1,700 more than my first three. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, our first one was definitely free. I think it was like just a friend of Andrew's. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. then we started charging. I think we did one for like gas money or something one time. <laughs> Beach and Janelle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like gas money and a pillow, right? Yeah, pretty much. Sure. And then yeah, so think- what about to where you guys are now? How much we charge? Yeah, so like what's inclusive for couples? Just so the creative out there can see kind of how it is a progression and it's taken you guys six years yeah. full-time, but yep. now nine years since you actually first started in 2011. Yeah. So I actually covered this a bit in camp, but yeah, we're now charging 7,200 for our base package, mm-hmm. which is eight hours of filming minimum. Just me on the day, all their raw footage. That's kind of a, an unpopular thing, but it's kind of like a home movie and they get their highlights film as well. Yeah. It's four minutes long. Yeah. Beautiful. And so that's the base package. And then what about up from there? Uh, then we have a higher package, which is a second shooter and a slightly longer highlights film, and that's 9500 And what do you find, um, Andrew and Grace, that the most common one is? Oh, definitely the base. Definitely yeah. the base one, but I think it's starting to become the longer one. The longer one's the eight-minute edit. I think they're becoming quite popular now. Yeah, we just sort of set the base that this is what we want people to agree on our value as a, as a minimum, and we'll yes. go from there. If they agree on that, then they're generally happy to give complete creative control to us as well. And I love it how, so can I ask as well, just on this quickly, with your hire package, the second package, is it more hours? I mean, you said you got a second shooter, but do you generally do the same hours? Usually the same. We, I think we've got 10 written on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Andrew's, I mean, Andrew's weird. He, not weird, but he really likes, <laughs> I weird. like weddings, but Andrew loves weddings. Like he will <laughs> just stay because he's having a good time, like. Cool. You know, he was just shoot the shoot all the good stuff that's happening. Yeah, it's about setting expectations, and as you know, if you um exceed those expectations, then all the better. Hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I could go on about that all day. I was just speaking to a photographer earlier today, and um, he was asking how he could over deliver, and I'm like, do you send you know a card to your couples after the wedding? Yeah. You know, it's something I do, and he's like, no, and I'm like, man, a ten cent card can be the thing they remember you by. Hundred <laughs> percent. You know, when you go to a coffee shop and they say, 
I don't know, oh, we accidentally made you two, like here's two coffees. You're just like, damn, yes. But they, <laughs> they may have sucked you in and actually made two by purpose yeah. or put a marshmallow on the top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how would you describe your style? We've spoke and we said like keywords like raw storytelling. How would you describe it to an outsider? Ooh, to a civilian? <laughs> a prisoner or a civilian? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What would you say? Oh my gosh, I don't know. It's such a hard one to put my finger on because I think ours is a bit more, maybe like a bit more organized chaos. Like it's, I don't think as a couple, you really know what you're going to expect because our films do vary so much yeah. and they are very catered to each person's personality. So I don't know. Is it unique? I'd say, to yeah, just eclectic. <laughs> Everyone right. says their shit's unique. A lot of the time, that's not true, but I would say we're eclectic. We're very you know, different. We adapt to the couple. That sounds cliche too, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I get yeah, it. We try to avoid cheesy stuff. Like we really yeah. hate the cheesy wedding films. And in that regard, maybe, you know, you see a lot of companies, nothing against it, but a lot of companies that use just the same acoustic kind of track the whole time. And I kind of am like very passionate about music and I, I love like a lot of different genres and I feel like people aren't taking advantage of that enough. So, you know, it's nice to be able to use like an R&B track for a couple who love R&B rather than, an acoustic track. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Diverse. That's cool. I, um, jumping in as well, how you guys scaled back in your magic number at the moment being 15? I know you put a lot of work into your weddings and we see it from the outside and I know how much time goes into it. How did you come up with that number of 15? And do you find that your work's improved now that you have more time? Good question. Hmm. What do you think? I think it gives you more time to be analyzing what you're doing well what you're doing badly like for me there's always shit that I want to improve um and I've got a heap of knowledge gaps even still six years in I don't know what about post what did we do last season 25 yeah so we've We've only just started doing the 15 like as of this kind of year last season we did 25 yeah at our peak we did 51 in a season which nearly killed us which was Mm. hellish and then we scaled back we went 30 25 and now 15 I think it is yeah I think it was more me I cracked down this year and and said you know 15 is the kind of ideal number for me because I know how many weeks of editing that will be for me like could be roughly anything between 15 and 20 weeks and then I lose me a lot more free time to take on other projects, which I think is going to keep me a lot fresher with my editing. Yeah. And, and then so as you guys started scaling back, the prices obviously started raising because you, you had these numbers maybe you had to hit or something. Is that how it yeah. kind of worked? To be honest, like I have not run the business well. We probably should have raised our prices years ago. But Yeah, we definitely have not run it well from a business perspective until now until like recently like the last few years so it's a bit of a slow burn but i would highly recommend anyone doing this to really prioritize your finances early (laughs) (laughs) so do you feel then grace said something interesting do you feel as though that the creative out there photographer or videographer listening should kind of work out what they want to make each year work out the number of weddings and then work out their i guess how what they're going to charge yeah, 100%. Like that's definitely the way to go when you start any business. Like you should be first figuring out what what you want to earn for your year and then go from there and price accordingly, you know, how many you're prepared to do. Yeah, and just knowing your numbers inside and out, that's something I've really come to love in the last, you know, 12, 24 months. Don't know why I was so scared of it for so long. Yeah, actually, oh, I was just randomly, Jai Long, he always does some really great talks on like finance and things like that. I think he said one time something like resonated with me. He was like, oh, when I first started, I thought I was a photographer. I didn't realize I was a business owner. And I'm like, oh, that right there. 
Mm, it is a very fine line, isn't it? Yeah. I think speaking to a, to a business mentor, a friend of mine the other day who's actually down in Sydney, and he was saying that a lot of creatives need to hand over one thing and that could be the business thing. Mm. And, it, you know, it could be the thing that's the catalyst to holding them back or they're a better business owner than a better creative, mm. depending on how they want to scale. Sometimes not being in the number one spot, meaning the CEO or the business owner or the face of the business yeah. can be better, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Grace, you worked out that you you enjoy post-processing more. Like yeah. what a team now, you know, like you're doing what you enjoy and you deliver this incredible thing that we see today. I want to flip things around now. We're going back to your style and your branding and everything that's unique about Bottle Brush. What do you feel as though the, is a catalyst that holds a lot of creatives back from creating a style that's unique? Oh, good question. I think about the one I hear very often from people, like we get people messaging us randomly, like other, you know, creatives going, oh, I love that film you did. I, I wanted to do something like that, but I've always been too worried the couple wouldn't like it. And I feel like you're just holding yourself back out of fear a bit, like that someone won't accept what you've created. And probably because you're not confident in your style and you're not confident in selling that to your couple. I feel like that's a bit of a yeah, 100%. hot topic. I, I think if you're ever fearful of something, that should be a pretty good indicator that you're on the right track. Yeah, and I think perhaps as well, the other one is people who spend too much time trying to be someone else's style. Like I know we all kind of get caught in that trap where like you might be watching our work and go, oh, I want to be like bottle brush. So you start trying to replicate our work a bit and push it on a couple who necessarily doesn't necessarily fit so I think as well like get get your head outside of the wedding world like go look at other media and and find a style that you truly love Mm -hmm. do you guys do any personal work projects no we've been so busy we've barely done any I mean we did run a film camp recently (laughs) that was a personal project that was a nice change of pace and wedding filmmaking is such a young craft like wedding photography has been around for a long time but wedding filmmaking is a lot younger so it's nice to be able to celebrate that which was awesome it's really interesting especially what you said there about obviously comparing your work to others and um trying things stepping outside that kind of comfort zone and facing those fears i think we all we all have to do it and you ended up falling in love and wondering why you didn't do it earlier (laughs) yeah and realize well the bookings are coming a lot faster now as well because i'm standing out maybe a bit more and i'm attracting the right people yeah with curation meaning what you show how defined are you guys on that with what you show online and what you what you try and perceive to the marketing world and social media etc and yeah trying to attract the right couples this is probably gonna make a few photographers a little bit like oh what the hell but we actually share every single one of our films and that's because we sort of stand behind the quality of every single one of those films i don't even know if it was a conscious choice but we sort of just started doing it from the start and we've never stopped and i think that's something that people when they come to us they really love because they know that they're not just seeing the number one, two, three, and four favourite films of ours. but they're the cool couples. Yeah. <laughs> they're also seeing the quirky couples, maybe the dorky couples, which are my favourite couples, the dorky ones. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so in answer to your question, there really is no curation. I guess maybe curation at the level of the couples that we actually book because mm. we, that's a sort of certain type of person like we sort of chatted about earlier. But, yeah, no curation in terms of what films and work that we share. Amazing. Appreciate that. Now I want to flip things around quickly and talk about your branding 
especially guys, if you're listening out there, you have to jump on the website, right? Like it, it is a journey. It is incredible. <laughs> I mean, it obviously wasn't always this way. So what was the reason you've done this? It is a rebrand, I'm sure. And what was the reason you did it? And do you feel as though it's benefited your business? Yeah, it's definitely benefited us. I think it was maybe nearly a year and a half ago when I just woke up one day and I'm like, we need to rebrand. Like I just noticed that with social media getting bigger and bigger and we're pretty active on Instagram, like none of our social platforms like really synced together. Like everything had a different feel. Our style had changed so much even in the last two years that I felt like a current our old branding didn't fit us. It was kind of like, I think what a lot of styles are in terms of like, you know, the wooden box and the kind of wholesome floral vibe, which <laughs> was not us. So I think we just decided to, you know, kind of cement our style a bit, a bit harder in the industry and to sell it a bit more to couples to make sure we're kind of attracting the people we want, like kind of, you know, really out there creative people. Yeah, we felt like our film and our craft was pretty diverse and distinct, but we had no cohesion across you know, our packaging, our branding, Website, even yeah. even things as simple as colour palette. Like, it's nice to have that now. Yeah, and so, like, the benefit now is, like, incredible. Like, we just redid all our packaging. We had Baililu do our branding. She absolutely smashed it. But now, since I've got all the assets, like, she gives you absolutely everything. So I can just create whatever I want whenever I want, which is really nice, like, custom kind of things for packaging and menus and stuff like that. It's incredible. I mean, I'm looking on your website right now and I just like, <laughs> I'm just reading it. And I'm like this, I don't know where to go. This is <laughs> like, I've been on it for so long and, and trying to navigate it. I mean, it's not that hard, but it's very unique. Did you take um, the red pill or the blue pill? I took the red pill. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Is that contraception or something? What's that? <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was just curious. <laughs> I only <can> eat it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> where did you come up with all of this? So like, I mean, I know by Lilu did all your branding and stuff, but for the creative out there that has maybe doing their own branding or looking at using this time they have maybe in lockdown to, to rebrand and look at color palettes. Do you find as though branding overall just comes down to you? Like when I look at bottle brush, I just, now chatting to you is I could just see you through and through. Like, cool. is that kind of was the outlet? Like you said, you, you know, we're into florals. That wasn't us. And we don't see florals and all of those greenery and everything on your website. So is it really direct to your personalities? Yeah, I think so. It was kind of when we started, I think a lot of it, like to be fair, like, yes, it's our style, but a lot of the work is by, by Lily. Like by Lily, she actually like, brought it all together and you know I don't understand color palettes she kind of smashed that area but I think as well like we started off just we just mm. started making a Pinterest board like basic as and just pulled together the things we love the most and then from there it kind of just naturally formed into the style you see yeah I think Lily did a great job of cohesively bringing together what made us us individually and as a couple and as a business as well and sort of showing off that identity. Like that's what we aim to do with our films. And I think she's done that really well through the website and the branding. Mm. Uh, we came to her with all these different crazy ideas, like the old photos of family. Like I'm a bit of a bit nostalgic and a bit of a softy. And Grace mm-hmm. is a bit more rock and roll. And I think <laughs> she's amalgamated those things and meshed them really well. And so did you have to change platforms like from the website and stuff like that? Yeah, so we were on, oh God, what was it? Square. We were on Squarespace and we've swapped to Show It. Which is WordPress. 
And did you guys worry about any SEO ranking or not? That wasn't really a major focus for you? Nah, we've never been tech savvy enough to ever do any SEO. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, you can move it across, but we've actually never really done SEO. Like we've always just kind of, we launch from a lot of word of mouth and from there it's just become organic. Yeah, from the day dot, like our whole and sole marketing strategy has just been to get people to watch our films as, as often and as widely as possible. And so then staying on this now, with marketing, where do you find most of your bookings come from? A lot of referrals from photographers, a lot of, yeah, word of mouth, friends and family. And we get a lot of inquiries where someone goes, oh, I I was talking to my friend and they told them I wanted a unique wedding video and they pointed me in your direction. Like Mm. Grace does a great job with our social channels. Facebook was huge when we started. It's not so much anymore, but she's done that with Instagram now and she shows off a lot of our personality and our stories. And TikTok as well now, which has been crazy. Yeah, a lot of inquiries from TikTok now. There you go. Wow, really? Through TikTok? Yeah, Yeah, we got one for Singapore the other day. One for Singapore. They're like, we found you on TikTok. (laughs) And you're like, well, I'll have to roll a boat over there because I can't come. (laughs) (laughs) We can't make it, but thanks though. But yeah, yeah, but thanks anyway, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's it's really interesting that you guys are diverse. I mean, I always love watching your Insta stories and stuff like that because they always funny and unique and it seems like i remember you putting up a few tiktoks on insta and it was like wow that like i haven't seen anyone else do it so always ahead of the game you know for the photographer out there that has not yet jumped on your website like i'm gonna slap you around because you have to (laughs) you have to jump on and check out grace and andrew's work it's just yeah it's next level and um i want to just ask a couple more questions on you know i spoke about marketing and actually where most of your most of your bookings are coming through, which is like word of mouth and referrals from other photographers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as though that's the only, or the only reason that is, is because you have quite a niche style? Yeah, I'd like to think so. That and because we're not jerks, we're easy to get along with, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think you got to know how to sell yourself a bit too. Like just because you make a video product that is up for sale and you can upload into any kind of web content doesn't necessarily mean it's going to sell. Like it's how you sell it, like the copy you put across and, kind of personality you inject into everything like your website your social platforms you're giving off a certain kind of persona every time you talk to somebody and that's going to dictate whether or not they want to refer you or they remember you yeah it's Mm. interesting because a lot of people like don't really care about the quality of work when they refer people it's just about whether they like the person or not Mm, it is very true right Mm, media yeah exactly a lot a lot of couples are really catching on to how important it is just understanding the person enjoying the person and i always say packages are secondary like yeah i mean you know in the end of the day if you got someone there that you're comfortable with and you love their work that's that's done yeah. you know like you'll never regret that decision you save a few pennies and get someone that you may not com- be that comfortable you're not sold on the work yeah. that they have well that's going to be a regret in five ten years time 100 percent. and it's really it's such a disservice isn't it yeah, and the couples that value the dollar figures over the experience aren't our target market anyway, so that kind of sorts itself out. Mm, and yeah. I think we're like in the way that we do do our social media, like there's a reason why we share so much our stories and we make it so personal and about me and Andrew and us having a drink and kind of partying at home or whatever it is we're doing. That's because like that's we want to attract people who who want that. They don't just want someone to come to their wedding, check in, oh, what's the groom's name? Like we want them to want us there. So it's a bit more of like a personal experience and we could tailor a better video. Yeah, we have a little bit of a mantra and it's in the copy on our website. We say it's not business, it's personal. 
And for people that just want a business <laughs> transaction, then that's not our fit. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. I'm going to try and find it amongst everything else. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> hey, um, I want to ask you guys one final question. Well, it's kind of three questions. If you could both share three implementable things photographers or videographers could do now to either say upskill their shooting, their business or bookings, what would you share? Oh, number one for me is get an awesome accountant. Someone that's actually invested in your business is a really good communicator because for a lot of creatives, that's super important, especially if you're more on the creative side of the scale than the business owner side of scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, come to our film camp. <laughs> 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 no, but in that regard, actually, like apart from coming to ours specific, I feel like one of the things I wish I had done in the beginning was actually go to a more of a what do you call them? A workshop or something Workshops. and start connecting with creatives earlier. Cause I feel like you get yeah. a lot of inspiration and good stuff from people around you. So yeah, I'd, I'd say go to a workshop or do something where you actually can connect with other people. Yeah. There's very, so much education very, very around at the moment, which is crazy. I wish that there was that level when we started because it would have saved us from making a lot of mistakes. Mm. What else? Number three. Number three. Well, my big one is just look outside of weddings, like stop looking at wedding content, go look at anything but wedding content and start getting kind of inspiration and, and things from other media. Yeah, you know? 100%. That's huge, especially for filmmaking. Not to be derogatory about the wedding filmmaking industry, but we're not at the top of our game. Like short film directors and music directors and corporate filmmakers, they've been at this game for so, so long and we're the youngest of the bunch. So you'd be crazy not to look to films and music videos yeah. for inspiration for the craft because they're so far ahead of the game. It's not funny. Mm. And elaborating on that, I mean, imagine having a mentor who's, you know, worked on big film sets and has yeah. been a DP or that's the person you want to be learning off. Yeah. That'd be such an incredible experience. But guys, if you still have not yet checked out Bottle Brush, you have to. I'm sure everyone knows of you. You're infamous in this industry and <laughs> silhouettes on this video or on the video. <laughs> I just want to acknowledge you guys and say thanks so much for your time and what you're doing in this industry as well. I remember when I started five years ago and I remember I came across your work and it stuck with me ever since. <laughs> You know, and I've seen it develop over the time, but I always see you guys do you, and it's very hard to compare. Hence, why that couple that were going to book my services didn't, because I was available, but you weren't. So, yeah, yeah, shows what they value, right? Oh. <laughs> Thanks so much, bottle brush. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still have not contacted me in two years, right? Then <laughs> it's like, sorry, we spent all the money on bottle brush. Um, oh, we're just going to get dude. this other photographer who's a friend of ours. <laughs> we'll buy you a drink next time. Yeah, we owe you a few. Oh, that's all good. But I, I do, I'm honest when I say that, you know, I'm grateful to have you guys in this industry and what you're doing. And hopefully when we all come out of COVID-19, you've got another camp coming. And it, with that, uh, the film camp, is that just for videographers? Uh, yeah, at this stage. <laughs> we had uh, one guy who's a photographer who wants to get into Mm-hmm. filmmaking he came he hadn't even shot his first wedding video yet so yeah, cool open 21 if you want to get into film yeah why not yeah or get that drink you owe me from that wedding booking yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> i'll be there hey um guys i appreciate your time and uh yeah hope you're doing well through stage four yeah, no worries thanks, thanks so much for chatting to us it's been awesome cheers 
We're so glad you have taken the time to tune in. If you found this episode useful, why not share it with a friend and be the light someone may need? Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This would mean so much to us. Ryan would love to connect with you beyond this episode. The links to everything and anything that was spoken about are in the show notes at www.escapingtheordinarypodcast.com. Talk to you next week.